What is tithing? Now, I've heard so many things to describe tithing in my lifetime. I've heard it as a spiritual law. I've heard it described as Old Testament law. I've heard it described as, man, you got to do it if you want God's blessing on your life. I've heard it described as a debt we owe. I've heard tithing as, man, it shows your faith. Right? I've heard tithing described as, everybody knows this one, it's just 10%. And, I, and, and to a, certain aspects of those things, there's some truth to it. But it's just not all just one thing. We need to understand that as believers. But I want to clear for you today what tithing is not. Tithing is not a religious duty. It's not a religious duty, and it's not motivated by fear. You don't tithe because you're fearful. Come on. Right? You don't tithe to say, man, that devourer's not going to be rebuked unless I give. That's fear-based. And God doesn't want anything to do with that. that. Jesus had nothing to do with that. Right? Because of Jesus, we're under a better covenant with better promises, right? A new covenant with better promises, the covenant of grace. So we've got to understand tithing is not fear-based. It's not performance-based. It's not a religious duty. And what we've got to get to our minds is it's never a got-to. Right. Tithing is never a got-to. i got to do this. Tithing is always a get-to. Right. And I'm going to explain that to you here in a minute. Tithing is always a get-to. See, when you look, at, you look at a tithing as a got-to or a religious duty or a law or if I have to, if I want God's blessing on my life or it's a debt I owe, if you look at it that way or if, you just, if you're one of those people who've come a creature habit, 10%'s the rule, 10%'s what I'm given, 10%'s what I'm going to live by, then this is for you. Right? We, got it. We, got it. we can't look at tithing that way. Then it becomes a debt you owe. And I've ministered that way sometimes. When I was studying this, I was reminded. I had a revelation saying, man, you have told your church one time to put tithing on the debt line as the first thing on they do when they consider their debt. Well, what does that get you to see tithing as? As a debt you owe instead of a seed you sow. Come on. Come on. See, you can't look at it that way. It can't be in your mindset that way that this is an expense. No, it's not an expense. It's not a got to. It's a get to. See, as believers, as New Testament believers, this covenant of grace where it's about Jesus today, Jesus tomorrow, and Jesus forever, we've got to look at, we've got to think of tithing as a different, a different state of mind. It's not 10%. Right? It's not a spiritual law. It's not a debt you owe. It's not Old Testament law. It is those things, but it's not just purely that. See, and I think I want to preach against today is when we have the covenant of grace, I don't know, six, seven, eight years ago, believers are saying, well, the New Testament doesn't say to tithe. That's the furthest from the truth. Right? But what the covenant of grace taught us was it's now a different aspect. It's now for a different purpose. And I'm going to get into this, okay? So don't let me lose you. See, I myself, I have preached it that way. I've told you, man, put, again, put it on that deadline. Be one of the first things you write on that paper. We don't want to get that, man. We don't want to get to that. We don't want to have it on that bill line because then again, it, it comes to a, a, a debt you owe. Right? See, I've had a revelation, a reminder of exactly what tithing is. And I want you to write this down if you're taking notes. Tithing is 100% attitude Outlook and purpose. 
And I'm going to dive into that. So again, don't let me lose you. Tithing is 100% attitude, outlook, and purpose. Right? Turn with me to 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 6 and 7. Well, Pastor, you got, you got scripture to back that up? We're going to get into that. It's going to be on the screen for you. Remember, tithing is 100% attitude, outlook, and purpose. 2 Corinthians 9, 6 to 7, the Amplified Version says this. It says, now remember. Why did he put remember? To never forget. Because the things you never forget and the things you remember helps you determine your attitude, outlook, and purpose. Right? Remember this. He who sows sparingly will also reap sparingly. And he who sows generously, that blessings may come to others, will also reap generously and be blessed. Yes, please. Let each one give thoughtfully and with purpose, just as he decided in his heart, not grudgingly or under compulsion, for God loves a cheerful giver and delights in the one whose heart is in his gift. Do you understand? It, said, it says here, just as he has decided in his heart. That's why tithing is 100% attitude, outlook, and purpose. What do you purpose in your heart? With your giving, what do you purpose? Oh, it's a debt I owe, Pastor. Well, if it's a debt you owe, right? Why do you think credit card companies only send you minimum payments? The, you may owe $5,000, but they say, here's your minimum payments, $25 a month. I'm thinking, man, I can afford $25 a month. Let me, let me keep living in debt. It's an outlook. It's a purpose, Right? And if, we are, if we're believing that it's a debt we owe, then guess what? I, you're going to be like most people say, 10%'s the, the debt I owe. And you think, well, that's how I was raised. 10% is what I'm given. That's the debt I owe. That's the spiritual law. That's Old Testament law. That's what Abraham gave. Right? It's, 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 You've got to understand, what, when I say, what do you purpose in your heart? What does purpose mean? Purpose means, I went to the 1828 dictionary, it says, that which a person sets before himself as an object to be reached or accomplished. Something you set before yourself to be reached or accomplished. And it says, to end or aim to which the view is directed in any plan. So you see how tithing is an attitude, outlook, and a purpose? What's your purpose when you tithe? What is your purpose? Is it to meet spiritual law? Is it to say, here God, here's my 10% because I want you to rebuke the devourer. Right? Is it, did you say, here's my 10% God for you can get the, the, get the doing done. See, if that's your mindset, then you forget what happened, what Jesus did at the cross. Because what all the doing was done at the cross. When Jesus said, it is finished, what did he mean? It is finished. Now it's our job just to believe. Now what do you purpose in your heart when you're giving? What do you purpose? What's your plan? What do you hope to achieve when you're giving? Because if it's just meeting the minimum, then you're going to be one of those people that got a calculator out. What's 10%? Come on. And if it's, if it's $126.52, if your purpose is that, then you're going to give exactly $126.52. And you're going to feel like, man, my debt has been paid. 
See, tithing is not to debt you owe. It's a seed you sow. It's all about your outlook and your purpose. Am I preaching somebody here today? Don't let me lose you. Okay? You've got to take all four weeks in for you to fully get the grasp of what I'm preaching to you here today. Right? What do you purpose in your heart? It's a heart thing when you give. Do you tithe grudgingly? Where you're sitting today, do you tithe grudgingly? Does somebody have to motivate you to tithe? Do you think, okay, December's here. Right? Well, I got to give gifts. I got I got I got to buy a I got to buy a meal. My family does Christmas big. Is that your attitude? Is that your purpose? Because then if you had noticed, you've already changed your purpose. Amen? You've got to understand, what's your purpose when you're giving? Do you tithe grudgingly? Does somebody have to counter prod you to give? Does the pastor have to call you and say, hey man, you hadn't, you hadn't tithed in four months. <laughs> what's the deal? I mean, come on. You see, I can tell you that I've determined, my determined purpose as pastor of this church is, man, God's my provider. God's the provider for this church. He's the provider for the provision of everything this church needs. He's the source of FFIC. Now, what's he doing with you? He's making you resources. But what are your purpose in your heart? When you determine how much you're going to give or what you're giving, what's your purpose in your heart? Is it a debt you owe or is it a seed you're sowing? Do you tithe grudgingly? Do you tithe motivated by the punishment? I can tell you, I, I, I probably taught that. I probably lived my life that way. That I want the, rebou- the devour rebuked in my marriage, so I'm going to give. Right? Man, I'm having trouble in your marriage. Are you a tither? I'm telling you, I, I'm learning too. But Jesus is saying, well, well, well if it's finished... Why do you have the mindset to give and you're trying to, tell the, to, to, to rebuke the devourer? See, because when you give, you're divinely connected to the heavenly kingdom. That's right. Amen. Come on, y'all not getting this today. That's right. Come on. What do you purpose in your heart? Right? You can't be motivated about the devourer. You can't be motivated by him. Do you tie that a debt so that you can get right and stay right with God? When you're writing that check, okay, equals, okay, that's my 10%. This is going to get me right. This is going to get me stay right. Pastor might invite me to dinner for being a tither. <laughs> right? Believe me, I heard of churches that take out their highest tithers and reward them at the end of the year. I'm not, I mean, that, whatever church is different. Whatever they do, they do. But my whole intent as pastors, this church is, I want to challenge you, what do you purpose in your heart? Because, man, any reward I can give you, if your purpose is Jesus, man, imagine the reward that you'll get in heaven. Because the word says, what I'll give you will rust and it'll fade. You're not getting this, church. Come on. Do you tie that a debt so you can get right and stay with God? You know, when I was studying this, the rich young you, the story of the rich, the rich young ruler came to mind. And what it came to mind was when Jesus said, man, give all these things away and come follow me. Oh, he was all about it, right? He was all about, man, Jesus, I've lived by all your commandments. I've lived by them all. And now Jesus said, okay, now give everything you've got up to follow me. See, his purpose changed. See, when Jesus said, give it up, go get rid of it, then his purpose changed. 
Right? So it's, it, that's why tithing is 100%, 100% attitude, outlook, and purpose. Because what did he say? Oh, but when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful for he had great possessions. Do you think that way when you're tithing? Do you think that when you determine what you're going to give and how much you're going to give? I'm not even talking, I'm talking financially, but I'm also talking about your time. Do you tithe your time with the Lord? Or you say, oh God, you want an hour a day? Are you serious? Do you know I'm a mom? I have three kids. Ah, you know, I got debt. I got bills. God, you want me to spend two hours a day with you? Then you become like the rich, one, you, the rich young ruler and you're like, then your attitude, purpose, and outlook changes. Right? It's all about that. Perhaps that's why so many Christians hold back from giving freely. They're afraid of losing what they give away and what they need so desperately. They're so busy focused on what still needs to be done instead of focusing on what already has been done. Because if you focus on what's already been done, Right, then you're not worried about losing anything because what does the word say? Romans 8, 37 Amplified says you're more than conquerors. You'll have overwhelming victory. Right? And Jesus says it is finished. What are you believing? What are you purposing in your heart when you decide what to give? And I say 10% of the minimum. Man, when has Jesus ever given you 10%? See, he's focusing. That's when you're focusing on what needs to be done as opposed to what has already been done. That's what's in your heart. Amen? Amen. Glory be to God. Amen. See, for us believers today under a new covenant, what better promise? What do we purpose in our heart? Us believers under a new covenant, what better promise? Our purpose is Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. That's what it's about. It's not about a new building. It's not about fancy cars. It's not about nice houses. If you purpose Jesus, then don't be surprised when you get all those other things. When you delight in the Lord, He'll give you the desires of your heart. I didn't write it. He did. But what's your purpose? Is it material possessions? Or as a new covenant believer on the covenant of grace, is your purpose Jesus today, Jesus tomorrow, and Jesus forever? When you're deciding what to give, are you focusing on what's been done and meeting spiritual law? Or are you focusing on the things that have already been done for you? Hallelujah. And are you purposing Jesus, Jesus, Jesus when you're deciding what to give? It's a whole outlook change. It's an attitude change. And it's a purpose change. Hallelujah. But when you talk about, baby, we talk about finances, it gets crickets in here. <laughs> it gets quiet. And that's okay. Just don't tune me out. There you go. You see, we are in the covenant of grace that we all should have a motivated, cheerful, and rejoicing heart. We're under the covenant of grace. God's unmerited, undeserved favor in your life. It's yours not because anything you did or deserve. He did it because he's madly, passionately, and deeply in love with you. It was his plan. It was his decision. I love it, the fact that I was Jesus' purpose in his heart. Oh, let that sink in. Why did Jesus willfully and joyfully endure what he endured? Because of you. What do you purpose in your heart when you decide what to give? 
We have to remember that all the doing was done and all the doing that will ever need to be done is done and was done at the cross. Amen? It's done at the cross. Why? Why did everything get done at the cross? Because Jesus wanted to remind us that, that all the doing has been done. Everything and every circumstance was dealt with at the cross. When Jesus said it was finished, it was finished. There's no going back. No matter how much you try to dig it up, it's done. You're not bigger than Jesus. Right? You need to get over yourselves. You're not bigger than Jesus. Your thoughts aren't greater than His ways. You're not smarter than him. I don't care how much news, 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 uh, news channels you watch. Or how much newspapers you read. Amen? Your knowledge and how highly you think yourself is never going to overshadow or be greater than the faith that he is to his own word. See, everything and everyone and every circumstance was dealt when Jesus said it was finished. So that no one, nothing, no situation can ever stop you from motive, having a motivated heart, from having cheerful heart, from being and having a rejoicing heart. Everything was dealt with for you, for you not to live that way. Everything was done. But what do you purpose in your heart? If your purpose is you, then you're making you bigger than If your purpose is, man, I'm not going to give what, man, because if I give more than what, what God tells me, what I put on my heart to give, then guess what? I'm going to be without. You think God's ever going to tell you to do something and not supply you with what you need to get that done? He doesn't work that way. Right? He doesn't work that way. All you've got to do is say yes. Because you never know what's on the other side of yes until you give into it. That's why he says, let's go to the deep end, not the shallow, because me, myself, and I can still walk in the shallow. But if he takes you to the deep end, then you're under, your faith is fully into him. And that's where he needs you. I'll guide you to where you need to be. I sent my son to the cross for you. For you can have overwhelming victory spiritually, physically, and financially. For you to be more than conquerors. Amen? For you to focus on Man, what's been done instead of what needs to be done? Because if you focus on what needs to be done, you never fully enjoy the aspects of what all has been done. You never fully live abundantly, which he called you to live here on earth. Amen? Am I preaching somebody here today? I feel like I'm preaching better and you guys are, are saying amen. Amen? If I'm not, find me after church and let me know. How do you achieve this motivated, cheerful, and rejoicing heart? How do you achieve it? Right? By rejoicing on and purposing on what Jesus has done for you already and not what needs to be done or going to be done. Whew, that's so good. That's so good, bro. You got, you got, you got, you got scripture to back that up? Man, you best believe it. Thanks for asking. Put it on the screen. 2 Corinthians chapter 9. 2 Corinthians chapter 9, verse 15. It says, Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. Ooh. Thanks be to God for this indescribable gift. What is this indescribable gift he's talking about? This gift was so awesome. This gift was so great that it's indescribable. How many of you have ever said, how many of you ever talked about your girlfriend and your husband thinking, you know, man, she's just so good. I just, you know, I just don't have the words to say it. She just, my husband, he's, that's Chris, Crystal. That's how Crystal talks about me every day. <laughs> I hope anyway. If she doesn't, let me know, right? But 
You've been there? There's something's just so good. You're like, man, I don't have the words to explain to you. Right? Or that trip was so awesome. But that experience was just so, right? And God is saying, God is telling you this. Thanks be to God for his indescribable gift. This gift that was so awesome, so great that it's indescribable. What is this? That indescribable gift is Jesus. How do you have a cheerful, rejoicing heart? You remember Jesus. Right? On a man who died for you. A man who willfully went to the cross and died for you so that you can have eternal life. So that death no longer has the final word. Right? Death doesn't get the final victory. This indescribable gift, that name is Jesus. The, the, the body that took on your sins so that man don't have to take that sin on anymore. This indescribable gift, his name is Jesus. Amen? He, the, the indescribable Jesus who, went, who made righteousness, who made you righteousness without you having to do anything. This indescribable gift, this name of Jesus, he shed his blood so that you could be set free by his blood. See, we forget that in the world we're living in today. We're set free from everything. When he said it's finished, it's finished. It's either you believe it or you don't believe it. It's either you're going to purpose it in your heart to determine your outlook, your attitude, and your purpose, or you're not. Amen. This indescribable gift, this Jesus, right? He made a way for you to enter the holy of holies by his blood that was shed for you. What are you purposing your heart as new covenant believers under the covenant of grace? What are you purposing when you give and you decide to give? Is it a debt you owe? Is it to get right with God? Is it a spiritual law? Is it Old Testament law? Are you one of the people that just said 10% is it and nothing more, nothing less? Are you remembering what's been done for you when you decide? See, start thinking about Jesus. How do you get this heart? Start thinking about Jesus. Start thinking about what you deserved. Amen. We deserved hell. But he went to hell for you. So that you don't have to go. See, that's what the devil wants you to do. The devil wants you to think of what all still has to be done. And Jesus is saying, think about what's already been done. For it can change your outlook. It can change your attitude. And infect your purpose. Think about what's being done. Think about what Jesus has done for you and what you deserve. Right? All the punishment that Jesus took on. The punishment we deserved. Jesus suffered that punishment. So what? So that you don't have to. Spend more time thinking about that. Spend more time giving him glory. See if your heart doesn't become joyful. See if you don't have a different attitude, outlook, and purpose in your heart. Again, I'll ask you, what do you purpose in your heart when you tithe? See, tithing is 100% is attitude, outlook, and purpose. It's not a seed you, it's a seed you sow and not a debt you owe. But if you're still well focused on your physical senses, right? What does the word say? Man, if you folk being, that's subject to change. But what's been done hasn't changed. It will not change. Right? And if you focus on that, then your purpose and your attitude, your attitude and your outlook changes. And then when you're given, it's not somebody doesn't got to pry that checkbook open. Somebody doesn't got, the devil won't get in your mind thinking, man, do I really give that much? And when you're looking in the natural and you're battling your flesh and you're looking at your bank account thinking, can I give? 
Then I want you to start thinking about what Jesus did for you. And all the things he's cleared you from. That he went to hell for you. That his body took bore all your sicknesses and the diseases. That you've been redeemed. You've been ransomed. That you've been set free today, tomorrow, and forever. Do you understand why now tithing is all about outlook and purpose? Because if you're giving because out of a debt, then I want to let you know, man, that, that debt's going to, you'll never pay it. If that's your attitude, if that's your purpose, and if that's your outlook. But Jesus, what do you purpose? Are you thinking about him? I know when I think about him, I get a merry heart. Right? Crystal challenged me a couple of times today. She was like, your resting face needs to get fixed. Because my resting face, I guess, was all stressed out, I guess. But you got to remember, what do you purpose in your heart? Because if it's in your, if you were purpose, Jesus, in your heart, Jesus, 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 and what he's done for you, then guess how much he's going to show off and show off in your life. It's a no-brainer to me. It's a no-brainer. Just as much as two plus two will always equal four. What do you purpose in your heart? If your outlook, attitude, and purpose is Jesus, oh my gosh. Church, there's no way that you can remember everything Jesus has done for you and not be thankful. There's no way you can think of everything Jesus has done for you and not be cheerful. There's no way you can't think of everything Jesus has done for you and what you deserve that you can't have and you can't be motivated to give. You can't be motivated to give out of a cheerful heart. You can't be motivated not to give. Tithe is just something, it's just who I am now. I'm not determined because of spiritual law. I'm not determined because of Old Testament law. I'm not determined about what I want Jesus to, to rebuke for me. Because all that's been rebuked. That's right. You just got a purpose in your heart to give. To seek the Lord. And when he gives it to you, my purpose is to, I'm going to honor him. I'm going to honor him with what he's given me. I'm going to be motivated by that. Because when you're motivated, you're obedient. When you're motivated, you're obedient. Right? And when you're obedient, you have faith. Ooh, search, you've got to understand that, you know, you've got to see it as a, it's, it's, it's a seed you sow and never a debt that you owe. Jesus went to the cross for you. Remember what he's done and allow that to be the purpose in your heart and determine what you're going to give. And when you see tithing, you're thinking, oh, Jesus died for me. He took my sins. He bore my sicknesses. He went to the cross. He went to hell. He took all that for me. See, when the word says a cheerful giver, he's not saying when you're writing a check, it's not what he's talking about. Right? He's not saying have the pom-poms out. What he's saying is that you're doing it now with him as your purpose. There's no grudgingly giving. He's saying tithing is what I'm about. Honoring him is what I'm about. I'm motivated, so therefore, right? Therefore, I'm obedient. And if I'm motivated and obedient, therefore, I'm faithful. That's tithing. How can tithing be anything other than outlook? Your outlook, right? Your purpose. I forgot the first word. Attitude. Tithing is 100% attitude, outlook, and purpose. Remember, Jesus did all the doing. 
He did all the doing. So there's no you driving 10% to rebuke the devourer. There's no you 10% giving because of spiritual law or Old Testament law. You, Jesus did all that. Now he's saying, what do you purpose in your heart? And he's saying, man, be a cheerful giver. Don't be good grudgingly. Have the right attitude. Gain the right outlook. And make me your purpose. Amen. Because again, I'll tell you, if you're motivated, right, then you're obedient. And if you're obedient, you're faithful. 